who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Some of you may think a podcast about representation, it's not for me. But if you're a human being, then the podcast Reppin is for you because we all represent something as people. So are you interested in knowing what you have in common with your favorite actors to best-selling authors and leaders in different genres? On Reppin, you'll meet notable people you think you know, You'll see what they show up for, and you'll see what they represent. It's an insightful, feel-good show, hosted by me, Evelyn. So come and take a listen. Reppin is available wherever you get your podcasts. The red in the gay flag, it, right. it represents red flags. <laughs> and, right. like, that's still a huge part of the experience yeah. <laughs> and the culture. <laughs> and people don't seem to want to hide that, you know? No. Just celebrate them. Make TikToks about them. I'm ducking out, you're ducking out. Let's duck out together. See what it's all about. Ducking out, ducking out, ducking out, ducking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that wants to remind you that it's bomber jacket season. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Melody Kamali, and today we're diking out with author and writer Zara Berry about the chart. You know, the chart. Yes. I want to make like the the chart music noise, but what is it? It's like... (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Great. (laughs) Moving on. Please rate and review that impression of the chart music we just gave on Apple Podcasts. (laughs) I think it's a five stars for that. Yeah. I know that you hear us ask for it every week and you're like, okay, okay, you did the beep boops. Uh, We'll we'll venture over to Apple Podcasts and give you five stars. Uh, Join our Patreon, please, please, please. We're begging of you. Get over there on Patreon for as little as $5 a a month. It is our main source of revenue for the podcast and the way that we're able to keep this going, which we want to keep going. But we need your help. So um, we also have a, a Discord. We have... Zoom meetups every other month uh, for some levels. For some levels, if you're in New York, you get tickets to our Stonewall show, which the next one is April 25th. Yeah, I'll be there. Last Monday of the month. I'm not going to be there. You know what I was thinking? What? Can I host it with Allie? Sure, if you want. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be fun. Yeah. 
I know she's down. Wow, on the fly. Look at this. <laughs> Look, we just made a decision about April 25th at Stonewall. I'll be hosting with my lover, Allie. It'll be uh, a great lineup. I mean, I kind of thought when I told you that uh, I wasn't going to be coming this month because I'm going to a gay wedding in New Orleans. You know, if you're going to do that, though, Melody, you can't be making out and grabbing ass on stage the entire time. You said I know you love it. You like to hump. I Yes, yes. I know you love to hump on stage, but Every it can't time. be the whole opening. God. Yeah. All right. Just a little bit. Just we'll limit, it. limit it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. People are going to be like, no, we want to see them hump. Oh, More and we humping. will hump. Yeah. We will yeah, be yeah. fondling. Be yes. And fondling. Uh... <laughs> Can't wait. Carolyn. Uh, yeah. Got a question. Okay. <laughs> Gotta know. What's the gayest thing you did this week? Ooh, I feel like I'm cheating by saying this because I know that it's going to also be my gayest thing uh, in a couple months. But I did buy tickets to go see Funny Girl on Broadway. <gasps> and I'm Broadway. so excited. Beanie Feldstein. Gay. Jane Lynch. Gay. Uh, you know, I was kind of thinking like when they were bringing it back. It Well, Jane Lynch. One was supposed to be played by Rosie O'Donnell, but then uh, Rosie's filming schedule got in the way. But Jane Lynch is so talented. And I hear uh, it's in previews now. I was looking on Twitter to see what people were saying. And people are freaking out about how good it is, how good Beanie is, and how great Jane is. And that Jane's voice is incredible, which I've heard her sing before. And I can imagine it's going to be um amazing i was like wouldn't it be cool if they made funny girl gay but then the songs in funny girl really don't lend to that like you'd really have to do some heavy rewriting and it's also based on somebody's actual life so you can't just make it gay. yeah, yeah um yeah. <laughs> i just yeah an icon's life whenever they they're bringing back something to broadway i'm like are they gonna make it gay uh but yeah you can't just make fanny brace yeah you just gotta go see fun home gay yeah you just have to suffer through the song um what is it i am woman you're a man <laughs> yeah i still i want to see it i'm very excited sadie sadie married lady i love it i love the songs from it the reason i didn't buy tickets sooner was just i'm like is it gonna be weird to watch it without barbara streisand but you know, it's kind of like when I saw The Sound of Music on Broadway years ago, and I'm like, you can't watch The Sound of Music without Julie Andrews. It just, it doesn't work. Yeah. But I, I think we can do it. I think, I think Beanie. When are you going to see it? I am seeing it uh, Memorial Day weekend. So we have our next Stonewall show actually the day after that. Mm -hmm. I will do my performance of Gay Funny Girl. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can we say what's happening at that show? Uh, we c uh, no, no, no. We won't say. We teased it on Patreon. We got a great comic got book. Confirmed. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's going to be good. A slightly queer. <laughs> Don't say slightly queer. Well, but that's how they identified uh, in, in her special. She. Oh, okay. Uh, then it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
had a, a I've been joke really about, on like, you about biracial. Of, it's not no, but I, <laughs> the way that she describes it in her special is like I'm I'm queer, not like super queer, but like you know a little bit queer. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, forgot. Okay, yeah, I'll allow it. Okay, <laughs> well, either way, this person is iconic. So very excited to have them on the lineup, and hopefully. You know, cancel. Um, yeah. Melody, what's the gayest thing you did Ugh. this week? I watched the Grammys with my Gabers. I finally have Gabers. I know you've had Gabers and you've hung out with them. Guys, that's gay neighbors. I have a hot lesbian couple that lives a few blocks from me. And how did I meet them? Through this podcast. Right. They're listeners. Ugh. Ugh. And they're the coolest people I know. They really are. Jody and Karina. The yeah. hottest couple I've ever seen. Karina is a celebrity makeup artist. And I know. I'm looking for her Instagram handle. I'm like, where's my phone? It's like, it's Karina Milan underscore. It's a long one. Maybe that's two underscores. But definitely worth a follow, especially from the last few weeks. She's been doing Venus Williams makeup over the last couple months in the award circuit. If you noticed the glam on venus karina did that yes at the oscars brought out the beauty that is venus i mean stunning um yes. i'm just excited to have gay neighbors so close um we got to watch them and point out how everyone was aesthetically a lesbian i loved <laughs> watching that with lesbians like the bts performance that's a group of dykes. oh my gosh they are lesbians have you did you see it i mean anything no, they do i didn't see it i get it now the the standum i don't know much about k-pop okay i just know whoever i'm friends with does a little foray into k-pop and then within a few weeks they're like super stands and it's all they talk about or post about like people get right. real into it um I have some friends who who are stands. I'm I'm afraid to tread into it because it's like one of the crazier uh, fandoms in terms of like their mobilizing and um, the kind of like crazy stuff they do for anybody that they perceive to be um, giving any sort of criticism. Mm -hmm. So I officially have zero opinion on k-pop i will say some people i know watch the performance and they're like huh i don't get it they're like with all the hubbub around it i really thought i was gonna see something that like blew my mind The dancing was incredible okay i don't know i was like wow the boy band is alive and well this yeah. is great well you know i'm Happy for everybody who enjoys that. I'm just, I'm happy for, you know, the the kids who don't know they're queer and are watching it either attracted to, like, attracted to any gender, but especially the young lesbians who yeah. in, like, 20 years are going to be like, oh, my God, it all makes sense why I was so into BTS the same way we're like oh yeah I was obsessed with JTT or you know Devin Sawa <laughs> right. like these right. feminine looking boys right I'm right. just wondering about that discourse in the future all right okay all right. I mean there's so much else that happened but it was just great to dike out 
with dykes watching the Grammys and lusting over all the hot babes. Um, All the suits, all mm -hmm. the outfits. Uh, We do talk a little bit more on the Patreon about the gay aesthetics of the Grammys. How is Billie Eilish? Oh, incredible. She wore an oversized Taylor Taylor Hawkins Hawkins shirt. shirt. Yeah. The production value. I think was incredible. Like there was one part where it was like, there was rain falling all over her and Phineas and we we're like, yeah. but she's not wet. And we we're like, maybe the rain is in front of her, like between the audience and them. We're like, no, that would be logistically crazy. Oh my God. It's the lighting. Like we're just really stunned <laughs> at the powers of stage lighting. I guess it was, I mean, the performance was good too. Um, that was another one where it was like, I get it now. I yeah. I get it. I get Billie Eilish. Cecilia did want to watch the Grammys, and I was like, no, I'd rather watch uh, Gerard Carmichael's. Oh, yeah. HBO special. So um, I I did watch that. And yeah, a lot of interesting uh, discourse around uh, coming out and whatnot. That was your gayest thing last week. I forgot to mention the name of the special, by the way, Rathaniel. And I forgot to mention it's not your typical comedy special. You texted me after you watched and like, that was raw. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, that wasn't I wasn't expecting um Nanette for black men. <laughs> yeah. It was it was powerful. Yeah. I just loved that it was so it was so jazzy. jazzy. The look and feel. I mean literally they're playing jazz. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Well, speaking of good stuff, we have quite the episode today with I would say a uh, iconic diconic online mm-hmm. lesbian. I'm sure at some point in your journey, I think even if you're one of our our straight listeners, you've probably read a piece by this very prolific and you didn't even guess of ours because yeah, thousands of bylines. I mean, yeah, I tell her every time I look up a queer issue. She has writing on it out there on the internet. <laughs> yep. Yep. So today we are diking out about the chart with author, writer, and performer Zara Berry. She's the former senior sex and dating writer for Elite Daily and former executive editor of Go Magazine. In 2020, she published her first book, Girl, Stop Passing Out in Your Makeup, The Bad Girl's Guide to Getting Your Shit Together. Her work is regularly featured in outlets like The View, The Real, The Talk, The Huffington Post, The Cosmo, The Refinery 29. The Bustle, and the more. And in June of 2021, Zara launched Girls on Jane. Maybe you've listened to it. If not, you can start a sexy, raw, serialized audio novel detailing the gritty and glittery world of lesbian nightlife in downtown New York. Let's go! Zara, thank you so much for being here today and diking out with us. How are you? I am great. I'm very excited to be diking out. Diking out is my favorite thing to do. Yes. yes. I know. I love it. Um, Love your work. Big fan of it. I remember, um, I think it was, uh, what was it, two or three years ago, your piece about um, the, the word lesbian and like, 
being proud of that yeah. <laughs> label um, as somebody who still clings to to that word. I, I do. Like, yeah. Okay. Thank I, you. <laughs> in my queer journey, I feel like in the last few years, every time I had a question about something within the culture or was kind of curious about what lesbians thought of something, I would Google <laughs> it. I'd be directed to a article written by you for Go Magazine. I mean, every time. <laughs> so I feel like I know you. Like I remember I was getting ready to go to Fire Island for the first time. And then <laughs> I read your like seasoned lesbians guide to surviving Fire Island. I just I it just keeps happening where I'm curious oh. about something in lesbian culture and then I'm educated by you and I love it. Well, that makes me feel so good because you guys are, I mean, I'm just, I'm such a fan of the podcast. And I also, as a writer, you feel like you're screaming into a void so much because it's, it's such a lonely job. You're by yourself in your own thoughts with your own head. So I'm always shocked when people tell me they read anything I've written. I also, I think I kind of write thinking that no one's going to read it, which gives me the freedom. And then I'm like always surprised when people do. So that feels good. Yes, yes. No, I definitely remember your name coming up on uh, like a lot of articles I was reading at one point. And I'm like, who is this expert? <laughs> we must dike out. And now we are. So I'm glad about that. But before we get into anything, we got to know. Oh, the gayest thing of the week. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you knew ready. it was coming. You were ready. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I ha- I thought I had a good one. And then my friend Ariel, who's like a huge fan of your podcast, was like, but wait, I have another layer to add to how gay this is. So I have to give her credit for that. So last night was the opening of Cubby, Cubby Hole Bar, which has been closed for months because they've remodeled. So that was already really gay that I was there at like five o'clock, like the first person online. I'm like, hi, hi, little dab. Like, (laughs) here I am. (laughs) But then I realized it was so much more gay after talking to Ariel because I went with my ex-girlfriend who is now dating one of my best friends. Yes. And it's like not weird. And like, that makes it even more gay. Like it wasn't (laughs) weird at all. And I didn't even think about it. You know, like I would go on vacation with them. And I feel like, like, I don't think heterosexual people have that. Like exes are, I don't know. Definitely not as much as the queer community. I mean... Yeah, except for Taylor Swift, who's heterosexual. Um, because there, there, remember, there's that one um, picture of her with like Joe Jonas and oh right, his girlfriend, and they're like all on vacation. It's like, why is what's going on here? What's happening? Right, <laughs> right. I feel like friends with exes is it's it's even a controversial topic a little bit in the lesbian community. Like some people really, I've dated people who really don't understand how you can be friends with an ex. Now I want to know how how was it at the cubby with them but also how's how's cubby like how was that the reopening night we had our show at stonewall so we couldn't be there we got spillover from people oh, trying man, to get in yeah <laughs> it's what i was hoping i'm like it great it's a cold night people aren't gonna want to wait in line there's gonna be a huge line they'll come to stonewall to kill time watch some comedy and then try again <laughs> yeah yeah no um it was really lit up i mean there was like yeah. such a long line Everyone was so happy. It was a little, it was a little messy, might I say, especially like five o'clock. Like I, I wasn't sure. Right? Like five o'clock, there were At like five. I saw girls like having to be escorted out. No, <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. very young, very young. I think like you know maybe fake ID young. Oh, it was wow. a little messy, but all in all, the vibe was so amazing, and it looks great. The floors, you know how when you go to Cubby, if you go to the back. 
you're like really close to the ceiling. And if you go to the front, you're not because it's like the floors are uneven. And yeah. it always gives me vertigo because I, I run sort of dizzy anyway, um, which is like explains a lot about my mental right. illness. But um, yeah, now like it's all even and everyone was great spirits. That's so funny. When I was telling people that um, it was temporary closed, I'm like, because they're putting in a new floor and they're like, like a second floor. I'm like, where could they possibly do? Like, right. no, no, just like a new bottom floor. <laughs> right. I mean, I love, I love Cubby so much. Like it's yeah. my favorite. It was my first lesbian bar and it just has such a special place in my heart. It just doesn't feel like queer New York without some Cubby holes. So it was great. Yeah. I feel like the, the, the world is like reopened now that Cubby's back. Officially. Right. right. We're yeah. back. Deb's back. Yeah. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> I mean, her. I was getting concerned for her. Right. <laughs> like, like she's, we need her back in cubby. Like, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, what else? What is she doing? Right. <sighs> she was so excited, but she's also so sweet. She messaged me to apologize. And she was like, we were hoping to open the week earlier. And we're so sorry. We're opening the same night of your show. I'm like, Debbie. <laughs> you're allowed to open the same night as our monthly comedy shit like this. <laughs> you need to open whenever you can. But they're just so I like they just her. treat everyone as Me like too. a family that like they're so sweet and everyone just wants to take care of everyone. And I love it so much. I feel like little Deb needs some sort of like community <laughs> award. Because she's so yes. nice to everyone. She gives people yes. free shots. She gets the free pizza on Friday for everyone, which I know yeah. like if I was in college, that would probably be like the only meal I ate that day because I was so broke. <laughs> and when you're like young living in New York and she just makes everyone so happy and she's such a big yeah. heart. It's just like, she's so cool. I love her. Yeah. Me yeah. Too. And she's hilarious too. Just her existence, like her her little videos. She's just such a character. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> well, today we're going to be talking about the chart and by the chart for anybody who has never, I don't know, turned on Showtime. Like uh, <laughs> uh, we're talking about the interconnected web of uh, queers and lesbians and the dating pool and and how messy that can get. Um, but part of why we landed on this topic was looking at um, two significant works of yours. One, your, your book, Girl Stop Passing Out in Your Makeup. Also, Girls on Jane, um, your scripted podcast, which felt very chart-like. Yes. You know, all the characters are being introduced into my line. It's like the L word music mm -hmm. and the lines forming across the, <laughs> the screen. Um, but yeah, tell tell our listeners like a little bit more about you, these projects, and then we'll dig right into it. All right. Well, my name is Zara Berry, and I am a writer and performer. I actually found this out the other day. I've written over 3,000 articles on the internet. So hence oh why God. there's so many guides like oh Zara's Guide to Fire Out. Like you run out of shit to say. I have like the <laughs> most like asinine shit out there because I've been doing this so long. Um, and hence why I wanted to start writing fiction because I'm just like, I hate myself. I'm so bored. I've been writing about myself for so long. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I wrote a book called Girl Stop Passing Out in Your Makeup, The Bad Girl's Guide to Getting Your Shit Together. And I have a serialized fictional audio drama, which is what I've been told to call it, an audio drama, oh. which sounds oh. very formal and British, but um, <laughs> it's about a group of queer women who live downtown Manhattan in the early 2000s. And they all hang out at this lesbian bar called Dolly's. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of sex, 
There's a lot of drugs. There's a lot of feelings, but it's also really funny. I mean, I tooting my own horn, but it also like (laughs) makes fun of itself. And because our community is so, it was the first time I've ever really like done a project that was fully writing about our community. And it really made me think of like, we just have the funniest characters, the funniest conversations, because when you're queer, you end up being friends and having people in your life that you would never normally have in your life. Right. And that I found so interesting when creating Girls on Jane. It's like, you know, one person sitting next to you is in their 70s. The next person is like 21 and goes to NYU. And then like you have everyone from like a plumber to like an heiress to some fortune. And because we all go and like, it's like church, the gay bar, we're, we're all like gather there, like all these walks of life. It just makes for such a dynamic, I think like a dynamic plot because you've got different personalities and age groups splashed up against each other that normally would never interact, probably not even be right. on the same side of town. So yeah, that, that is me in a nutshell. Love it. <laughs> Dollies. What is that based off of? I wasn't around in the early 2000s in New York, but I'm like, is that the Dollaway? Is that um, <laughs> right? The Ellis? What are yeah? <laughs> I would say I started going out in New York probably t- kind of towards the end of that. Um, so uh, some of it is like fantasy and research of the early 2000s. It, it was originally set in modern times, but then I don't know. I it, somehow I got this idea of setting it in the early 2000s, like pre Obama. Cause I think that was a really mm-hmm. interesting time. And that's when yeah. people really leaned on gay bars. Um, yeah. The world wasn't as safe. It's, you know, before marriage equality and, you know, we've gotten a little mm-hmm. spoiled in our old age. And um, <laughs> so, so yeah, a lot of it is fantasy. If I had to be honest, I would say it's probably cubby the most. Cause it's a, di- it's a divey yeah. bar and it's small. It's not like a fancy Dalloway moment. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that it's like cubby along with my twisted imagination. Love it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Did you go to the Dalloway though? I did. I did okay. go. To I love day. finding people who have heard of the Dalloway. That was my way of being like, can I get a Dalloway story? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm so like so intrigued by it. The people were so hot. Like it was just right. it sounds it was like it. Cra- like that time. That's, that's what when- I tell everyone. I'm I'm just like it like think of like a lesbian bar, but like it's all the hottest ones are there. <laughs> yeah. Like like models would hang out there. Yeah, It was a whole scene that I haven't really seen since. I would say there was that party. I don't know if you ever went to Stiletto. Oh, no, not Stiletto. But there's the the other one that kind of stopped during the pandemic. Um, Ellis, oh, Ellis, I yeah. think. Yeah. Right, I imagine yeah. that that's kind of the same vibe, but I yeah. haven't been. Was Stiletto the same thing? Yeah, but I would of? say much, much bigger. It was on the rooftop okay. of, I think it was the Maritime Hotel or the Dream Hotel. And it was that's packed. Right. Yeah, it was crazy. I guess that's also why I wanted to set it in the early 2000s because it was also just a really interesting time in, in pop culture where we were worshiping like Paris Hilton and these heiresses and these personalities and became like brands and became famous right. for being famous. And mm-hmm. it was even reflected in the lesbian culture because that felt like a, just like a kind of glamorous moment, which, you know, we don't have many. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, one thing that Girls on Jane captures is kind of like this mix of people from different classes all being together. And I guess I haven't thought about that too much, but it did make me reflect like, yeah, when I met Cubby, I'm hanging out with people who own like multiple investment properties and then also people who um, are kind of like you described, like in college and that free pizza is like their sustenance (laughs) for the day. Exactly. um, And they're just like trying to get anybody to get them free drinks. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, And then we're just all all together packed in at Cubbyhole. And it's a beautiful thing, I think. I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think you just are such a more interesting person if you hang out with people, in particular outside of your age range. Like I love, I have so many much, much older dyke friends. And I love to hear stories about like, all the crazy shit they did and all the activism and like, oh, do you remember when the West Village had this lesbian bar and this? And then I also love like talking to college students and like hearing their takes on gender and sexuality and like dating apps and all that. So as like someone who is somewhat of a journalist, I'm like, this is, this is fucking gold. You know, I can just go to Cubby and I have access to all these different age ranges and everyone wants to talk and, and, express it. I mean, I think gay people by nature are very, um, I think when you come out, it's like opening up Pandora's box, you've already done this really, really hard thing. And now you just can't help but be yourself and all these other parts. So like we tend to be outspoken and, um, people aren't shy about saying how they feel about things. And it's, Fucking yeah. cool. Being gay is the best. Being queer is the best. <laughs> Hard agree. Hard agree. I love uh, the idea that it's research. Like we can write this all off on our taxes, oh, yeah. all of our cubby tabs. Sure. Like, come on, we're working here. Yeah. I always say that. Like when my wife is like, really? Like you're going out again. I'm like, it's research. Okay. I have to be part of the cultural <laughs> of conversation. I as am I'm an anthropologist. Like <laughs> exactly. I'm like, do not undermine what I do. Like, okay, <laughs> go. Just get away. <laughs> So the whole concept of the chart was something that I, like, I'm sure existed in communities before the L word came about, but then it really became popular with the character of um, Alice Piazeki keeping this uh, beautiful whiteboard behind her at all times uh, <laughs> with just all the hookups in West Hollywood and everyone who's dated or slept with uh, everyone with like Shane at the center. And like, how how real is that to you? Like, do you kind of have this chart either like in your mind or in physical form? I mean, I definitely have it in my mind. Um, okay. I, it's funny because one of the things that made me kind of scared about being gay was just growing up before the L word came out. And then that really opened my mind. There wasn't a lot of like, if the only sort of like sexual content out there was either porn directed Mm -hmm. by straight men for straight men, or, I mean, that was really it. And we were kind of, I just remember feeling like, I don't know. And then the things you would see would really show us as very sexless people, you know, like whenever they would like make fun of us in skits, which I love, like, I'm not offended by, I think it's fucking hilarious, but like, you know, it's always just like, have, did you pack my water socks? You know? And I'm like, shit, I'm a really <laughs> sexual person. Is this going to be my life? Will you pack my water socks? And sometimes right. it is, but luckily I'm proud to say it's, it's not been like that the whole time. Um, and when right. I saw the L word and I saw the chart, I was like, oh my God, like lesbians sleep around like everyone else. And like, there's hope. I just have to move to LA, which I did. 
But um, <laughs> I feel like I can go anywhere gay and run into somebody that I've hooked up with. Even like last yeah. night, my friend and I were, I'm like, does this feel like Tinder IRL? And she's like, yeah. Because I, I kept <laughs> seeing people. I'm like, I know I know you from somewhere, but I don't know. And I'm like, oh, I, we matched a couple of years ago and like talked or went on a date. So I do think yeah. that that we... And because we're small, we're a little incestuous and there's not that many of us. And we tend to go to the same places. There's not that many gay parties. So it can get messy, you know? Right, right. I mean, even I think of like my first three girlfriends, it was a web. We had all hooked up with each other in like various combinations. Um, Right. That's because like we were the ones we knew who existed right. and like lived in that area or whatever. Um, so in, in some places I can imagine that the, the chart is real, but also feels like suffocating. You know uh, funny is I, I lived in Florida for a while. Um, and it was a really small town in Florida. That gay scene felt even more like the chart. Like, I almost feel yeah. like when it's a small, small community, right. it's like, you can't do anything. I couldn't date. Like, at the end, I was like, I have to move because I, I just, I've dated everyone or I've slept with everyone sure. or my ex or like, you know, so it just, that felt even more tardy than New York. New York, you still have, yeah, there's still like mysterious people out there, you know? <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> New York, it seems to be a, a lot of people. And then you also get people, there's always like, um, people moving in to the city. Right. So there's always kind of some new blood. Uh, yeah. Yeah. New blood. Um, but then also still feel like I run into the same people all the time. My <laughs> wife has a joke that like when you move to New York, you know, Stacy Lentz, who owns the uh, co-owner of the Stonewall. She right. right. Stacy Lentz. And like, it's like going to Alice Island, you get a new name and then you're, you're on the <laughs> Island. And it's so true. I'm like, I moved to New York. I met Stacy Lentz. And then like, all of a sudden you're like part of this thing. And you know, everyone knows who you dated or slept with. And it's like very, there are, there are very few secrets. It's, it would be very hard to have, I think, an affair in the gay world. And when I've seen right. it happen, it usually does not end pretty. People find out. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a small gay world. Even like guests of ours, if we promote the podcast or I'll share something on my stories, I'll get a DM from a random girl in the Midwest who's like, yeah, that's my ex. Like, I don't know. Right. Like, it's right. just yeah. so <laughs> connected, this web. Right. Right. Me out. <laughs> I feel like Stacey Lynch should give out like Twitter verification check marks or something. <laughs> like queer is like certified queer in New York. I've got like the Stacey Lynch blue check mark. I am who I say I yes. am. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, I feel like also, I don't know. Do you, do you think we're more like chatty and gossipy about who we're hooking up with than in like... Yeah, probably. I mean, I, my yeah. first instinct was to be like, no, we're like everybody else. No, we're not. <laughs> Fucking crazy. <laughs> Drama follows us. And my theory about that is I think we're all in a delayed adolescence because yes. growing up, you know, like I feel like sometimes like a 16 year old, like a, mm -hmm. like a horny 16 year old boy, like, you know, <laughs> my entire teenage years were kind of a lie. You know, I had, right. I had one girl that I had a secret thing with. But besides that, I, I did have boyfriends and I never connected with them sexually or really emotionally, like in an intimate way. It was more of a friend type thing. So when I came out and I came on the scene, I was like, oh my God, 
Like now I get it. Now I get why everyone's so obsessed with sex and wants to like talk about who their crush is and da da da. And I think a lot of heterosexual people kind of calm down from that. They got it out of their system in high school where we're like, what's the gossip? You know, it's like, we're like in the cafeteria. What's the gossip? Who's she sleeping with? What's her type? You know, (laughs) did you hear this? And also, I think there's like a bigger chance that that we know that person. So like, for example, um, if like some comedians like, oh, did you hear like this comics hooking up with this guy? I'm like, oh, there's so many guys in comedy. Like, I can't keep them straight. But then someone's like, oh, like this queer comedians hooking up with this other queer comedian. I'm like, wait, I, I must like, I know I you all, know, right? I know every single one <laughs> that exists. Yeah. So you're telling city, me someone so. I know is hooking up with someone, someone I, know. I know. A close right. personal right. friend. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, who at this point? Not do I know them? Who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who is it? Of course I know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the chart, I, do you remember our chart.com? Yeah. In the aughts. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So that was the website Showtime Eileen Shank had put out uh, based off the chart on the L word. It was like sort of um, the digital arm of the show for a while, but right. then it turned into its own kind of thing. It was social. You could make a profile on it. Um, it was how I started talking to girls for the first time way before I came out. Um, and I was going through my Facebook and someone popped up on my feed the other day and I was like, who is this? Like, who is this person? I can't figure out how I know them, but like it says, we've been friends since 2007. Like who, like it finally realized like, yeah, I have these connections and it, I saw they were going, attending a party that I was thinking of going. I was like, whoa, yeah. I can still run into people from the literal chart from the <laughs> <It's aughts. crazy. laughs> I was just in LA last week and I like ran into a group of girls I knew when I was 18, when I moved there. Cause I wasn't kidding when I was like, I went straight to LA after right. watching the L word. I'm like, I want to go where the lesbians I are. And wanted to do that too. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it was good. It was interesting. Um, I was underage. So I, I remember I like would always sneak in like the back entrance and my friend would sweet talk like the bouncer. And I don't know, it was, it was definitely a really, really good time, but very different than New York. But I ran into, you know, a group and then turns out like they're good friends with someone I know from New York. So it's definitely real. The gay connection is real. And I don't hate it. Is it sometimes make it hard to date? Because it's like, you know, I, I do believe in the code of like not dating someone my friend has dated, but like, that was going to be my next question. Shit, you know, like you've dated everyone. <laughs> like, right. So I mean, that, that gets complicated. Yeah. It, it's hard to know. Um, again, I think so many things are like a case by case basis yeah. and like everybody kind of feels uh, different about it. But I do know situations where people maybe have had like a handful of dates with someone and then that person uh, and it doesn't work out. And then that person starts dating a friend of theirs. And then it's like, hey, that's not cool. And it's like, well, you aren't going to be with them. Right. So, and and like we have such limited choices that like especially I don't know I think I get like a lot more like righteous about it when it's um like straight people if it's like my straight mm. friend's ex boyfriend and I'm like oh yeah off limit he's off limit for right. everyone unless it's like must be his soulmate and has to have like a certain waiting period before you could even think of starting that right but but with queer women I'm like. Yeah, you know, life is short and uh, it's a small, it's a small pond. And <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one of my best friends is with my ex that I was with for a really long time, like six years right. we lived together. And 
I am so for it. I'm like, I know you guys are both awesome people. Yeah. We aren't together for a reason. I'm happily married with someone I'm obsessed with. Like, go for it. I think you guys are great together. And then the funny thing is, is like me and my friend will now talk shit about her. She's like, did she used to do this? I'm like, yeah, she fucking did it all the time. I can't believe that's still an issue. Like, God, did <laughs> she go to therapy already? You know, we talk like shit about her. So, but it's also- I'm sure she loves that. I'm sure she fucking yeah. loves it. Wow. Um, she also- <laughs> that, that, that is a reason not to be friends with your exes right there. So that <laughs> right, they don't exactly. team up. But like, yeah. I'm still really good friends with my ex. And I'll tell her right. like, I can't believe you pulled that shit with her. Like, really? And she's like, I know yeah. I fucked up. And then I'll go to her and I'm like, I'm like, you know, Megan and I are fighting and am I being an asshole? Like, is this my pattern? She says, it's my pattern. She's like, it's your fucking pattern. So it's kind of (laughs) sacred to have a person that knows because how we are in relationships. I don't know about you guys. I think we're so different in relationships than friendships. I would never pull on my friends what I've pulled with people I'm dating. And I'm not saying that's a good thing, (laughs) but you know, different sides, it, it can be so triggering dating someone and like different sides of you come up and childhood shit and the way you're raised where friends, I have like, I don't fight with my friends. It's like very tranquil. I'm very confident that I'm a good friend, but I can be fucking nutty when I'm dating. So to have a friend that knows that side of me, because my friends, you know, we all think each other is perfect, you know? Right. So it's kind of like sobering to have that. Yeah. That's a really good point. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> like, and we're staying together and all my secrets will be safe till I die. We're going to stay together forever. Right, right. I mean, not to like be, it's not that I'm such an asshole. It's like, I feel also like, it's almost like we're in a thruple, but I'm like the like the consultant for their brand or something. Because right, if right, I knew right. it would really bother her, I would never do that. But she's like, yeah, get involved. Like help my relationship. So we're yeah. all, you know, I don't know. It's it's a very gay. It's gay as fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. Okay, who's ready for a true story? When I entered my MFA program this fall, I knew I was going to have so little time for cooking. So I wanted a solution that would let me have tasty, healthy meals in a flash so that after class, I could still have time and energy to be gay. So I signed up for Factor, which ships you ready-to-eat meals that are chef-created and dietitian approved They're fresh, never frozen, so all you have to do is stick them in the microwave for two minutes, and then they're nice and done. Um, The weekly menu has over 35 options. The salmon entrees are always my personal favorite, but they have um, a lot of things you can choose from, options for different dietary needs like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. They also have add-ons for when you don't need an entire meal. Um, I tried some good cookies and some jerky. Uh, No prep, no mess, and And when I looked into it financially, which was one of my main concerns, it was actually less expensive than uh, takeout and honestly, really close to the cost of buying ingredients at the grocery store down my block in New York City. Uh, And then I saved a lot of time. So to me, it was definitely worth it. Did I mention that the meals are also really delicious? Like I've yet to try one that I didn't like. So if that sounds good to you, I think you should give it a try too. Head to factormeals.com slash dykingout50 and use code dykingout50 to get 50% off. That's code dykingout50 at factormeals.com slash dykingout50 to get 50% off. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, gay across the board. Like Gay across the board. Like- <laughs> <laughs> the boys do it. The oh everyone God. does it. Um, that's very real. Yeah. I mean, I always say like, that's also what's so cool about being gay is you could travel anywhere in the world and tweet it or something like, oh, I'm here. What's something fun to do? And you'll find someone that you have some kind of connection with, you know, especially with right. the internet. I have internet friends and then I've traveled to where they live and we've met up. And I don't think I would do, I don't think I would do that maybe if I wasn't queer, you know, just have this like built in family everywhere I go, which is right. Yeah. Just like built in understanding, like a connection on a level that you just don't get with everyone else. Right. Right. If someone messages me and they're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm queer and I'm in New York for the first time. Where should I go? And I, I'll say something like, oh, like my friends and I'll be at Cubby. Come join. And I don't know if I would do that with a different demographic. So kids yeah. Yeah. come out. It is fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What about then for online dating? So I know like the few times that, that I've been single, I haven't done online dating mm. because um, I mean, like the one time where it was really something I thought about, like I was living in Atlanta and my ex I knew was online dating and I just didn't want to date anybody that they had gone on dates with. You know, yeah. I was like, I don't want to be in the same pool. We're already in a smaller city like I don't want our charts to overlap I've had enough with you you know (laughs) right right. I have I have certain exes I feel that way about too yeah Yeah, like like were were you on the apps and and I feel like you know so many people like is it weird to see people you know on an app and like read their dating profile and it's like yeah change the way you see them I mean I really went hard with the online dating because okay it was also kind of a job work. My first job in um, as a writer was for EliteDaily.com. And at the time, like I was the only gay person, queer person. I was the only like not straight person on the staff. And 
they like, so I had to kind of be, be the perspective of all of us, which is never accurate because how can one person represent an entire community? But I was all they had. So I had to go out on dates and like write about them. And you're not just going to, you're not going to run into that many people at Cubby Hole to go on a date with. You had to get on the apps. And then also we would write a lot about just dating apps. And this probably is like a big excuse. I was just like thirsty. (laughs) 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 Um, I was thirsty, but like time uh, to go to work. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, this is for work. It's for work. I'm going on a date every night for work. It's like, no, sorry, you're just horny, but you know, whatever (laughs) makes you sleep better at night. Um, but yeah, I did a lot of it and it's, it is weird. And it's still weird because sometimes I had an experience recently where somebody introduced me to someone I went on a date with and I was like, Oh, we've met. And the girl was like, I don't think we have. And I'm like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Must've been, we're we're doing this. Okay. We're lying. Like, Oh yeah. Must look like someone, you know? And then she DM'd me and apologized, but like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking weird. Like I said, it feels like Tinder IRL because every big party you go to, you're bound to see a couple of people you've been on like a shitty date with, or maybe you spoke to on the apps and didn't follow up with and, you know, or the same happened to you. Like you were talking every day and then all of a sudden you stopped and then you run into them. What do you do? You've never met in real life. Ooh, yeah. It adds a whole yeah. other layer of codependency to our already very codependent culture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, ghosting is something that is sort of a side effect of the dating apps. I just feel like we can't be ghosting as much as straight people because right. the chances of you running into the person you ghosted are so much higher Right uh, yeah. in the queer world. Like there's only so many parties, so For many sure. lesbian bars, like you're going to run into that person. So right. I wonder if ghosting's like in comparison to straight people, much yeah, I don't lower. think it's as bad. I mean, my, <laughs> one of my straight best friends, like when I just see what she puts up with, as far as the ghosting goes, like a weekend spent together, hanging out for three months, go on vacation and then radio silence. Mm -hmm. It just blows my mind because again, like you could never get away with that in this community. And you're, I always feel like your reputation would be a little tarnished, you know, if you just fell off the face and I, and you hear it, you hear about it. Like that's right. When I think of the people, like I know that have experienced it, like now I, now I know, you know? (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. I I feel like that's that's the other thing is like because the community is so much small that like if if you are a nightmare to date or if you've done something really terrible that's going to probably get out there uh and and travel but at the same time I feel like because the the pool's so small that people are like well yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I'll live with that. I'll overlook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll overlook all those red flags. Right, this right. Hot. <laughs> I um, I once dated a woman who, I don't know what got into me, but I just decided I didn't want to date someone in New York, and I think I was just trying to make my life unmanageable. Like, let's throw in long distance <laughs> as well as like you can hardly pay your rent and you're a struggling writer. Let's have a long distance affair now. <laughs> um, I think I needed like the dopamine. Um. So I I ended up like actively seeking someone not in New York, lived out of state. And actually, I wrote about this in my book and it was actually kind of scary. It kind of gave me a little insight into what our heterosexual counterparts must go through when dating. I had no, you know, again, even with my wife, like Stacey Lentz was like, oh, Megan's one of my best friends. I heard you guys matched. 
And then she told my wife, oh, I see Zara all the time. You know, like we knew each, I knew she was a real human, you know? Yeah. So I end up go, I end up going to see this girl out of state by myself. We've never met in person. And it turned into the most toxic six months of my life. And no, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Like I just, from, from the minute I met her, I should have walked away. You know, when that Mm. happens, like she insulted me, told me I, uh, hide behind my makeup because like, no, I don't have, um, self-esteem and like, I wear (sighs) jewelry to to, like hide who I am. And it's like, no, I just love fashion. Um, like all these really sort of femme phobic, like undermining feminine, like all that shit. And I remember going into the bathroom and being like, get the fuck out, like get on a train, go. But I didn't, I ended up sleeping with her on the first date and being in a relationship for six months. That was like wildly toxic. (laughs) But I remember someone reached out to me afterwards and was like, I know you were dating someone from her community, this, this woman. And I just want to say like, no one will date her here because she's so abusive emotionally and crazy. And, you know, and I, and I remember she always kind of kept me out of the gay scene there. I'd be like, well, let's go to a gay bar. And, Mm. um, yeah, it's like her reputation. She had to date out of state, not because she was bored, but because (laughs) it was an actual necessity. Yeah. (gasps) So it's kind of like, you know, my friends that are straight, they never know what they're going to get when they take a risk and date. And we kind of do, you know, for the most part, not all the time, but. Wow. Yeah. That is interesting. (laughs) Um, That also makes me think (laughs) (laughs) the red in the gay flag, it it represents red flags. (laughs) And like, that's a huge part of the experience and the culture. (laughs) And people don't seem to want to hide them, you know? No. Just celebrate them, make TikToks about them. It's just a part. I of- have to say, right. I one time wrote an article called "I laid out all of my red flags on a first date, and this is what happened." And it it sounds like it was like I was calculated doing it, like which I did do things like that. But at that time, no, I just had a fucking bad day. Like bunch of bad shit had happened. We got to the date. She's like, "How are you?" It's a first date. I'm like, "Fucking horrible." My antidepressants aren't working. I just switched from Prozac to Lexapro. I feel really dizzy. Actually, do you mind if we sit switch seats because this like mural behind the wall is like giving me agita. We switch seats, and then she's like, "So." And then we end up. I just like end up telling her everything. She then tells me everything, and it was kind of the best date ever. We're still friends. Uh, <laughs> I love a queer trauma dump. Right? Date. It's such a, it is like textbook trauma bonding. You know. <laughs> That's so funny. (laughs) But it was weird because like, I remember midway kind of leaving my body in the date. And I'm like, sorry, you're just really fucking up. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And then I just couldn't stop. Then it became like compulsive. I'm like, share the worst thing. I'm like, my cousin's in prison. They think like, like all this game, like, here's this, here's that, you know, I have OCD. (laughs) When I was little, I thought I got like, I thought I had AIDS for masturbating. Like all these like facts, like no one needs to know, especially on a first date. (laughs) But like... Again, and this is where our community can be really special. Like, I think it like maybe turned her on. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're like red flag. Oh, okay. Like I always I'm say, telling you, yeah, right. I mean, as somebody that used to like love to like find a, a fixer upper, I was like, no, I can save you. Yeah, uh, yeah, I could see loving a red flag date. I mean, like, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to be Challenge like that accepted. too. I yeah. remember this one girl <laughs> crying to me about her ex on a date and we were on a date and I like counseled her. I'm like, this is okay. Like what's wrong with me? Leave. She's not over her ex. And I was like, oh my God, I fully understand. Like, 
Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. <laughs> it also makes me think, like, I wonder... I mean, I kind of know why there there are some um, some queers that like go after quote unquote straight women. Yes, but I'm like, is part of it challenge, but part of it because nobody in the community will date you, like, because you need to go outside. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I think it's a little bit of both. I will say, one thing I learned in my career as a sex and dating writer was that women's largest sexual organ is their brain, and. Sometimes, and I think this is where there's a great book called Lesbian Love Addiction, and it's kind of about this. And sometimes we have the tendency to date toxic people or go after someone who's confused about their sexuality or even claims like, hey, I'm not even into women, but we still go and pursue them. I think the mental stimulation can kind of bleed into the turn on. Like, I mean, I'm sure you guys know people that they seem just addicted to drama. Like if someone is stable and healthy and you want to set them up, you're like, oh, they're probably not. They like someone in a complicated thing. And I think that Mm -hmm. has to do a little bit with our libido being so connected to our brains. It's like we need an extra layer of complexity sometimes to be turned on unless we get therapy, which I did and it works. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What do you, what do you think of that? I think you're right. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I haven't thought about it, but um, I have a few friends who tend to go for straight girls. This all tracks with um, what might be going on <laughs> behind those eyes. Right. And that's very real. But I do love the idea, Carolyn, of someone just going to straight girls because like that person you went on a date with, they're just so not tolerated by the queer scene they're in. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, have you ever dated someone who claimed to be straight or? My girlfriend like really fell for a girl who would only tell her who would tell her that she was only gay for her, um, mm. that she wasn't attracted to any other woman. It's just like this. It's just me and you. And otherwise, I don't feel it for any, like and she was clearly closeted. That's the thing, too. Like you're just um, I think a lot of us just assume that the person's not out yet, like not that they're straight, that they're just like, right, right. they haven't figured it out, but like feel sort of a connection and they go for it. But yeah, I've never had that. No, I've never been somebody's like first woman that they've been with. Yeah. Um, At least that I know. I mean, me neither. Yeah. Like no, no significant connection that, that I've had. Like, I know that I've definitely like made out with people in bars randomly. Right. Right. You know, um, few words were exchanged, so I would not know. <laughs> right, right, right. Don't know their names. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was never like uh something that was appealing to me. Yeah. Um, I mean it's a kink. Was, it's like a kink for some people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of wild. And I think like some of that is rooted in insecurity too. Like I guess like the validation, like I must be hot if this person or interesting or amazing or good enough if this person who isn't even attracted to my gender is attracted to me. And I think sometimes with age and confidence, like that kink can be quelled because it doesn't normally end well. Sometimes it does. Sometimes people get married. Sometimes people aren't out, but sometimes it ends in a lot of tears. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the show, I don't know if you've seen, um, 
feel good with yes. Mae Martin, but that that explores so that good. in such a such a great way and really hits a at least from May's experience, like right. what might be those underlying issues that drive that uh, behavior. Right. I mean, I just for me, it's never been something that I've been interested in because I think it took me so long to not be ashamed, you know, growing up and just so much shit, like growing up with so much homophobia, not from my family, but like in school and all this, like I was a teenager when people said gay as in like gross or like terrible, like that's so gay, you know? So I think I always harbored all this shame and so many, I think if you harbor shame, it's shame is poison. It makes you hurt yourself. And like, that's why it's used as a tactic in controlling relationships or even religions or countries. So like I had all that. And then the idea of then being with someone who wanted to keep me a secret or wasn't sure if they even were into me, I don't think, I think it would be too triggering. I think it would bring that up and I worked so hard to get rid of it. So I think it can bring up a lot for people. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry to take it so have... dark. I have a tendency to do that. Like my wife's <laughs> no. like, you're the worst like dinner party person. I'm like, so <laughs> do you want to talk about major depressive disorder? Did you hear about the suicide? She's like, stop. Sorry. Like no small talk fun. with you. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I think you're in good company because we kicked off our show last night. I'm like, let's talk about Auschwitz. Uh, yeah. yeah. All of a sudden we're doing... <laughs> I'm like my mom, my mom, uh, her funeral. Like my mom's alive, but I'm like, let's talk about my mom's future funeral. Like mm-hmm. people are like, where am I? What's happening? That's so yeah. funny. Yeah, my my friend, my best friend Dana and I, we have a podcast together. Um, we're the worst. Like we'll we'll be at a party, like weeping, like talking about like how, like gays in concentration. Like it gets so, or how like gay men in the '70s would all be on the the porches and they'd like look at each other and like have like, they'd meet at a certain time and have like sex from far away, like, you know, kind of thing. And we're like weeping over it. And everyone's like, you guys are freaks. Yeah. (laughs) I love, I love it. I love, yeah, you are in good company. I went to Reese Beach last summer and I, I met a girl who's bisexual. We were new friends and like we had just met that day. And within two hours, we were crying at the shoreline, like waist deep in the water about our childhood trauma. Like, and it was like, it just felt like because it was at Reese Beach, it was just like, yeah, it's, this is fine. Like we can right. do this. It, someone's probably doing it right over there. Like, right. Right. <laughs> right. Every lesbian party, there's always like, tears, cry- or gay, any queer party, there's always that. Right. So I do feel like, I'm very, another reason I'm very grateful to be gay because I don't think I'd be very well received in another <laughs> community. So. I feel like that's a, a whole separate chart in itself is like queers who have cried together. Oh, yeah. And like that would Ooh. be another web. Right. <laughs> Let's get Melody's that like, one going. I'll get on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know anyone who has like an actual chart that they've like written out or keep track of? The only time I ever heard of it was my friend who was in college and the lesbians and the, and it was like the height of the L word. They made a chart. And I think she was the shame. <laughs> like my yeah. friend. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think this, I have to ask, I'll have to ask my wife because she probably did. She's, she's a little bit older and I feel like like the 10 years between us, it was like they were living the L word in real time, not just yeah. like in high school, like getting turned on with like the, the door locked, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I'll have to ask her because I feel like they did all that kind of stuff in the early odds. 
Yeah. I feel like in New York, like it'd be it would be too unwieldy. Like there it'd be too big, too <laughs> out of control. Like part of me wants to. A few years ago for the L words, like 15th anniversary, I think it was uh, slate.com put together a chart of lesbians who'd appeared on the show or queer people. And then just like different lesbians they've hooked up with. I highly recommend looking oh, it wait. up. <laughs> oh my God. I have to look at that. Yeah. Yes. Um, and they put, they highlighted um, like the actual, actors in it so you have like Sandra Bernhard um Kate Manning Jane Lynch but then like off of that you've got your you know your Sarah Paulson's on it Sarah Gilbert's on right. it um Portia de Ross like it's just I love a chart uh, yes. like a ch- tangible chart to look at maybe that'll be my next book or something I don't know yes yes <laughs> Please imagine the fun research on that one. (laughs) Again, to my wife, it's just research. She's like, okay, taking this a little far. Um, I'm just tapping Kristen Stewart's phone for research. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, Kristen Stewart Uh, is so hot. (laughs) Yes. I was just looking at her outfit for the Oscars and I was like, damn, she is really oh, so hot. Good. Yeah. So good. And the hair, the hair the ever look, since. All of it. I know. It's like short, long. It looks like queer no matter how mm-hmm. she wears it. She was so hot on the red carpet. Even Laverne Cox stopped interviewing her and just went, your eyes are so gorgeous. And then <laughs> thanked her and she walked away. And then she throws back to the camera and goes, that was Kristen Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> she has that effect on everyone. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, the that melody, um, that chart you're talking about, I have to look it up because I want to know. Um, I was reaching out to a musician to perform that uh, L word theme song at this. Um, my friend and I wrote uh, an L word Christmas carol um, oh, and did like a live stage reading of it. And I was like, oh, it'd be fun if we got like a queer musician to cover it. And they're like, one, I'm out of the country, but two, I hate the L word um, because my ex cheated on me with one of the cast members. But that's probably TMI, and I'm like, that's not enough I. No. <laughs> I want names, dates, right? screenshots. <laughs> I feel like my pupils dilated. I'm like, wait, now I want to yeah. know. <laughs> I know. Now I can only guess because I felt nosy right. digging in. <laughs> But yeah, there must have been so much of that uh, on that show alone. I mean, on any show, I feel like Orange is the New Black, uh, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like sets are already a place, whether you're queer or not, are already a place where, you know, because it's kind of like being at camp or something where, or the gay bar, where maybe you wouldn't know these people otherwise, but you're together and you're in your own world and you have this like hot affair and then you go back into the regular world and you're like, this doesn't work out of this bubble, you know? Right, right, right. But you don't see anyone else. No one else gets what you're doing. No one wants to hear you complain about like the long hours. They're like, bitch, you're working on a movie. Like, shut up. But (laughs) like, you can only really connect with those other people. So yeah, it lends itself to to an affair. For sure, (laughs) for sure. I couldn't help myself and had to drop the chart in the Zoom chat for you both. Oh, So you could look at it immediately. Yes. Oh, oh, here we go. Okay, pulling up. Wait. Who's bitch? Oh, um, I know bitch. 
Bitch. Oh, <laughs> see, I'm looking at this chart. Bitch is. Um, I'm going. Who's bitch? You you know bitch. The oh my chart. god! So there was this band that I discovered in high school called Bitch and Animal. Have you ever heard of them? No. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there were this like completely queer band. Bitch was one of them. There was Animal and Bitch. But I will never I forget. Did tell me about them. Okay, they were continue. so good. They had a song yeah. called "The Best Cock on the Block," and it was about a dildo and yes. like how it's eternally hard. And I remember listening to it in the car, <laughs> like listening <laughs> to their album, not knowing that was going to. This has happened to be two lesbian songs. Um, listening to it in the car with my parents, and all of a sudden they're talking about like how this dildo is eternally hard and like the best cock on the block and everything. <laughs> and I was like shoot me like if there is a god like strike me down dead and i distinctly remember my dad saying like sorry are you gay and i was like ew no and meanwhile i was like i can't wait to listen to the song alone (laughs) (laughs) all right well bitches on this chart connected to daniela c right because they were i think they're still they might even still be together oh okay yeah that is the only one daniela is connected to yeah, I think they were together that whole time or maybe even still are. Wait, I don't know. I saw, I don't, I, like, again, such a gay thing. I saw Bitch um, perform at the Indigo Girls concert in Central Park, oh, which wow. talk about seeing every yeah. ex you've never wanted to run into. <laughs> Everyone was at the Indigo Girls. <laughs> Ke- hold on. Kelly McGillis and Whitney Houston, what? Um, yeah. That doesn't surprise me. I'm telling you what? this chart. Yeah. Do you see it? Zara? Yeah, I'm looking at it right okay. now. This is derailed. I'm uh, sorry. I was just I need you guys to see it. You can't you can't throw up a graphic with Whitney Houston's name on it. Right. You know she's connected to Robin Crawford, of course, but we know that. that I was expecting. And then boom, Kelly McGillis. Who's also connected to Jodie Foster. Oh, a rumored love triangle. Oh my god. What? Yeah. Wow. I mean, okay. I feel like already like this could be expanded, like okay. an update. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Know? This is just from 2019. Um, right. Yeah. 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 Right. Oh, yeah. That's come on. <laughs> so many people came out and have been hooking up since the pandemic. Right. Right. To really add some layers to this one. I didn't know yes. that Madonna and Sandra Byrne. I knew they were friends, but I didn't know. Madonna and Sandra Bernhard. It's not confirmed, but like everybody kind of uh, assumed it, but like things between them aren't great. Okay. Uh, Right now. Yeah. They're very. Right. I don't know. I knew Jenny Uh, Shimizu and Madonna because she spoke about it. Like I remember in an interview that I read in middle school and I was like, oh my God, who is this person? I was so intrigued. Yeah. Yeah, She said Madonna used to like fly her around when she was on tour just to sleep with her. I mean, Madonna, Angelina, Jenny Shimizu is. Ultimately, all we're ever trying to do is add to the chart. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel it. I feel it. I'm into it. I think I smell a book deal with all of us. <laughs> right. We all go in on this and pitch it. Like, who's going to say no to that? Simon and Schuster doesn't even know what they're in for. <laughs> we need funds to investigate this thoroughly. Right. I mean, imagine just calling up these people and being like, "Okay, we need to go over all of your previous sexual relationships." Right. Right. It would be for fun. the literary community. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. In the and name of art. 
if you're resistant, <laughs> what, what are you not saying gay? Come on. Right. <laughs> right. Are you sex negative? <laughs> like, don't shame. Don't shame the gays by acting like gay sex is taboo. Tell me who you've slept right. with in the name of sex positivity. <laughs> Speaking of, what are your thoughts on like faux pas about like kissing and telling? Maybe because like my mom's English. I do think I have a little bit of, it's the only prim thing about me. Like I am not prim. I write about my sex life. I talk about my sexuality. None of that shames me at all at this stage. But I don't think you should really kiss and tell. Like I, when I write articles about people, whatever I've slept with, all that stuff, I change every physical detail about them because I don't think like they didn't sign up for this, you know, and everyone's like going through their own thing. And yeah, I kind of, I'm pretty coy about that. What about, what about, I mean, not with my best friend, obviously. Yeah. I tell her everything, but I was going to just ask like, but with your friends, you tell my friends, we tell each other, like, my friends and I are so, we have no boundaries at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, my friend, and this is like maybe TMI. One of our, our best friends was saying that she couldn't fit like a menstrual cup inside of her because she thought she had a really shallow vagina. And my friend fingered her to oh. let her know if she did or not. And it was what? the least sexual thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've already talked about this on a podcast, so she can't get mad at me, but like... <laughs> Yeah. Like she was like, I- I'll tell you. And she was like, yeah, like, you know, tell me. And she was like, no, no, it's, it's not that shallow. <laughs> like, oh you know, my God. I guess I have no friends because <laughs> no one's stepping up. <laughs> right. What I think the we're fuck, just guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we like mentioned, like casually mentioned it. And someone was like, wait, 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 backtrack. You fingered her to, to tell her. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, is that weird? They were like, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, you don't think <laughs> I thought friends. you were going to say she like, the shocking thing was that she like put it, inserted it for her, helped her right. out with it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you say finger, I can't get over this. Um, <laughs> like actually fingered her. Like, like to what, completion. Did she put them in and then like, no, no, mark, no complete. There was mark, no orgasms. Just she inserted yeah. a couple fingers. A couple and fingers, was like, felt around, dug around. It was like yeah. exploring like, Okay, well, does your friend not have healthcare? Like, does she not have a gynecologist? That can tell she her works that? in healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Amazing. I think we're just so codependent, all of us. It's like, great. You know, like my best friend will like sleep in the bed with me and my wife. I'll sleep in the bed with like her and her partner. We just, the boundaries are during, during COVID, like we all kind of quarantined together. And I'm like, this is, we just took it to new heights. <laughs> you know? Yeah. She's like, listen, I don't work in mental health care. Okay. I didn't right. Say that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And she needed, like, you know, a, a queer perspective. And she's like, my gynecologist isn't queer. She's not going to know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <sighs> wow. Yeah. It's so funny. I mean, it, it's been different for me over the years, but usually, like, I won't say anything about like my sex life with the person I'm with. I'm just right. like, very, um, I'm like easing up a little bit. I, Grew up Catholic, have like a lot of Catholic guilt. E- even right. like with my therapist, I use like euphemisms when I talk about sex. Interesting. And she's like, "What are you trying to say? Just say it. Just right. say it." And I'm like, <laughs> "Right." I could use um, some of what you have. Like, I feel like yeah. I mean, again, I don't broadcast to the world, but I've just written about my sex life so much. I don't broadcast sure. the exact people, but like, right. I feel like I could use a little bit of like. <laughs> 
restraint. Like I'm too comfortable yeah. at this point, you know? I mean, I was a sex and dating writer for so long that like our yeah. brainstorming sessions in a corporate office would be like the sex we had over the weekend, you know? Oh so, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think about like the times where I had like said something, I'm like, oh, this like crazy thing happened. Let me tell you. And then like a day later, I regret it because I'm like, oh, actually, like now I feel bad. I don't know. Right. Like right. I shouldn't. So it's. Well, you think about hard. it like on the other end, like someone talking about y- you in bed, you know, like it's. Right. I wouldn't love it. I mean, or I would, I don't know. One time, uh, like, is it glowing reviews? Is it, um, let's talk about case by case. Like that is a case by case. Yeah. (laughs) I remember I, I met, um, my wife at, at work and she was good friends with my boss and that's how she ended up getting like referred to the position. And when we started sleeping together, she had like told my boss about her sex oh. life and then my boss like made some comment to me, but like, uh, and she's cool. Like we were, we were friends and stuff and it was like a, it was a very, it was a glowing review. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, well, she did say this about it. And I was like, what? I'm like, I can't believe she told, I was just like so embarrassed, but also like, okay. Right. Yeah, I don't I broadcast everything, but so does everyone I know because I'm a comedian and everyone I know is in comedy. Like and my girlfriend's a comedian. So like I'll um hear from someone else that she was talking about like something I did in bed on stage. (laughs) Like it's just like when I literally hooked up with Allie for the first time ever, I went home to my apartment and my roommate, who is also a queer comedian, goes, Allie Clayton, huh? Yeah, I've done that. Or like been there. Um, 60. (laughs) She goes, you know, 69. Not really my thing. (laughs) And just like said that about my future girlfriend to me and had no problem doing it because that's just like the affliction we have. Like we can't not (laughs) overshare. I don't know. It's a compulsion. I mean, if you think about the medium of writers and comedians and a lot of artists, like there is a deep desire to share things. I think that that's what a lot of it is rooted in whatever form you take. Like you have this desire to express yourself and it's like, you can't help it. You know, it's, it's crazy. Like I, I'm the same way, you know, and it Mm -hmm. makes for such, I mean, and sex makes for such rich content, you know, not just like sexy content. And that's the thing I never really talk about or write for that matter, like sexy things. It's usually about just the nuance and like the embarrassing moment or like the inner dialogue or the anxiety, whatever it is. But yeah, because sex brings up, I just feel like sex is at the core of who we are in a lot of ways too. So it it just it like relationships, it brings up so much of like how you see yourself and things from like growing up Catholic or growing up in my case with like right. a mom who was a model that modeled nude in the 70s, you know, like <laughs> raised so differently. So it's yeah. like it's it's really interesting. Yeah. I remember hearing like a porn star once say, like, I just never understood why anyone would make want to make a movie about anything else. And I kind of was like, I kind of kind of get it like it's such an it's such a fascinating topic you know it's so cool and it's something you can't control I think that's part of it too like I'm kind of a control freak and like I have a lot of like work workaholism and all this stuff and like ambition but when it comes to like sex you you can't really control your desires you know so can't believe we didn't ask your sign in the in the 11th hour 
I mean, what I was going to say sign? it's not a lesbian podcast. I know. That. I'm a Taurus, <laughs> a Taurus Scorpio rising okay. <laughs> and uh, Aquarius moon. What about what about you? That's fun. We <laughs> love to hear the Taurus obviously bond on the earth sign connection. We're both Capricorns. Okay. Both Capricorns and I'm oh. Cap Rising Taurus Moon. Okay. Cap Rising Virgo Moon. Capricorns and Tauruses get a I have a lot of Capricorn friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like we get shit done, you know? I <laughs> yeah. love Taurus friends, lovers. I've just always connected with a Taurus. I love it. I feel like Capricorns are hard to crack, like dating wise. Like there's, that's why I think I, there, I went through a huge Capricorn phase. I think that was a part of it. Like, <laughs> let me, like, I there's, there's like a little bit of guarded and like self-preservation, you know, not like displaying your red flags and oversharing like me in the dating sense. I, I don't know. Does that sound true or am I just generalizing? No, <laughs> it is. I wonder why I overshare because that is supposed to be the deal with Capricorn. Someone told me it's because I'm a 12th house Capricorn. Um, and it's like when you look into the houses or like right. your other planetary positions, like my um, Venus is in Sagittarius. So that's right. like how you love and your relationships. And that's like super like flighty when I was all over the place. Couldn't stay with one person hooking up, hooking up, hooking up. Um, but yeah, they are, were notoriously hard to crack, hard to read. I've been told. Yeah, I don't, very. I, that I don't think that that's true for me at all. Interesting. Yeah, but but I mean, I like, like I'm on my second marriage. Like I was, you know, just dating like back to back long term relationships because like once you know I'll go on a couple dates with someone and then I'm very like I know like what I want. Right. Um, I'm down to talk about it i'm not like playing games i'm just right. like all right you know <laughs> right 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 yeah the, the, uh, capricorns always seem responsible to me a friend of mine at one time she worked with madonna like on a, a fitness thing mm. and her assistant came up to her right beforehand and was like are you like i forget what sign it was like are you a virgo and she was like no she's like oh thank god like madonna doesn't want any virgos in the house i'm <laughs> like I, <laughs> like I don't, I, I'm, I'm, it probably wasn't Virgo. Madonna probably is a Virgo. I cannot remember for the no, life. No, she's a Leo. Um, a Leo. Okay, right. Yeah. So it's just like I could never like that would never be a red flag for me. Someone's astrological yeah. sign. Yeah, that's such a funny story. <laughs> yeah, Madonna is not. I mean, that's like she's what not. happens when you're so famous. I feel like it's so hard to stay grounded because anyone else saying things like that, you'd get told like you're acting like you know, crazy. And when you're a celebrity, yeah. everyone's on your payroll. And then you just, you know, you don't realize you don't have a good gauge of like your crazy factor. Whereas right, I'm reminded right. all the time, like when I do anything right. crazy. <laughs> yeah. I feel, I feel like Sunday was a good reminder for everyone of how unaware some people are of their crazy. Well, yeah, factor. I was just going to say <laughs> uh, the Oscars. Oh, the, <laughs> the Oscars. oh yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just a, a full pageant of unaware people. <laughs> I know. I was like, it's Hollywood. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. We got to reboot it. <gasps> yeah. Seriously. We need just start fresh new celebs. Sage it. Sage it. <laughs> reboot and sage. Like group therapy. I don't know. AMD, like some kind of therapy. <laughs> Medication. <Yeah. laughs> I was just in LA and it was fucking unhinged, but, um, <laughs> wait, how, how was it unhinged? Um, 
you know, and I used to live there and my family lives there. So I understand like the, the expected LA, it seemed extra unhinged. I don't think the pandemic was good for LA because I think that you're already a little isolated when you live there since everything's so far. Yeah, so the, the right. extra isolation just, just made everyone batty and like reactive and like, and also like with the industry, you know, the main industry being film and like how much things were slowed down. So many people are out of work and like, I don't know, becoming, I met like three women that are like, I'm now a life coach, like with like glitter in their eyes. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> you know, like it's like people exploring <laughs> their second careers, which I'm all for, but it was like a little, a little loony. Like everyone's becoming like a life coach or like a manifestation coach. Yeah. A lot of coaches. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I do know at least three people Me who have changed careers to coaching. To so coaching, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what thinking of a particular thing. rich lesbian out in LA doing that exact thing. I <laughs> right. love it. Right. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, we do have to wrap up, but tell our listeners uh, where they can follow you, where you'd like them to get your book. Obviously, you can listen to Girls on Jane wherever you listen yes. to podcasts. Yes. Even though it's not a podcast, it is a An audio drama. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which sounds really nerdy. And I promise it's not. But uh, yeah. You can get that on any streaming platform or girlsonjane.com where you can read it if you prefer that. Um, oh, though we fun. do have like really cool sound and music and it's like very, I think it's a beautiful production, but some yes. people definitely prefer to read. So that's, that's why I made it like, you know, digestible in, in a lot of different forms. And then I'm on Instagram at Zara Berry and I have a podcast with my creative partner, Dana Troisi called Girls Interrupted. We would love to have both of you on as a guest. Yes. Um, awesome. If you'd be down, but uh, it's a lot of, of fun. It's a, uh, like we say, it's not a mental health podcast. It's a mental illness podcast. So Ooh. we basically just talk about the, the the harrowing and hilarious like side effects of being mentally ill. <laughs> so You're speaking my language. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> baby. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm is shaking multiple canisters. So many, you know what? This is great. I actually, I, I sometimes play the maracas with my medication. <laughs> just have fun with it. Seriously. At our last it's question. It's never going to go away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Totally. Uh, so yes. Um, thank you for having me. This was so fun. I can't believe I didn't even realize it was seven o'clock. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This so was nice so fun. So great to talk to you. Yeah. yeah thanks. And again, we will link that celesbian chart in the show yes. notes. Worth a look. Uh, I keep thinking about it. I keep thinking about this investigative chart podcast. Maybe we do that. <laughs> Maybe that'll be a new project for us. Uh, I would love to really just um, get a lot of email saying no and who are you uh from people that we reach out to being like are you willing to talk about these lesbians you've slept with and error messages because we've yes. been blocked um yeah uh, yeah yeah great <laughs> fun times well we have a short and sweet listener question this week so short so sweet how did you accept yourself for being gay hmm did you struggle because you I seem like you had <laughs> A pretty well-adjusted, what's up? I'm gay. I'm in high school. I have a girlfriend. Right. Life's good situation. 
No, I definitely struggled on my way there because I definitely remember I had um like I had a diary and I would write things. I found it like years later and I'm I'm sad that I threw it out. Uh, because I, I found some old diaries and I was like, Ooh, these are sad. And I don't remember being this sad <laughs> that time in my life, but I guess it was, uh, I mean, who wasn't, yeah. but I remember writing, uh, like there's something wrong with me. Oh no. Um, yeah. And like, w- I felt like I was losing my mind when I was realizing that I was gay. Um, and I didn't really took me longer even though okay i say it took me longer than than it should have but but there there is that like time that you're in denial like i'm you know on limewire trying to find like lesbian content oh, whether it's like God. porn or yes. scenes like same sex kissing scenes like obsessively like trying to find that but like not realizing that i'm a lesbian exactly i'm yeah, like fantasizing um, about, you know, oh, I wish I was like a man so that one day I could have like sex with Madonna, um, like <laughs> like that kind of thinking. I didn't really realize it. I was going to church regularly. I was like a confirmed Catholic. Um, and what what did it for me, the accepting it was once I did get my first girlfriend and how right it felt and how everything made sense um just in terms of like oh this is a feeling that all my friends have been experiencing before and i've just been like very confused but like now my body is responding like now it makes sense that the way like the fact that my hands sweat around this one girl i work with like it's because I'm gay. And like once that it it was just like something clicked in me and I was like, well, I'm I can't fight this. Like like nothing has felt more natural to me. Um, so that was kind of like why I accepted it. Um, so like lead leading up to it, there was kind of like this struggle of like, ooh, no, something's wrong, like you're bad. Um yeah, you just unlocked a memory yeah. with the LimeWire. Just oh, yeah. anything that had enough seeds on it, was that right. the lingo on Kazaa? Or, right. you know, just any kind of kissing scene, porn scene, anything. Yeah. And that's, um, I I just grew up not even realizing, like, exactly like you said, I was like, no, just everyone's attracted to women. Like, women right. are attracted. I don't, right. <laughs> like, everyone knows that like I didn't it took me so long to realize that there were attitudes towards it that might like get me killed if I went to Iran like like all of the cultural stuff right it didn't help that my dad would literally say are you gay like that like in an accusatory way um I was just talking to Lindsay Bowling I think she has a joke about it in her set about how her mom took her out to dinner and was like, man, I just wish if someone was gay, anyone I knew was gay, they just tell me. Right. I wish if I knew a gay person, they'd just let me know. <laughs> so much shame from parents. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I didn't have a problem. I don't think accepting that part of me had a problem with 
shame around anything sexual. We live in the U.S. There's so much shame around sex and masturbation. And I was masturbating to women. And I, it felt like I was always looking up porn in secret on the family computer. Like, so everything was like shrouded in this secrecy that that shame was attached to that because I otherwise didn't struggle too much with queerness. I didn't grow up with religion. I had like family. I just knew I'd I'd never probably see any run. Otherwise my parents were pretty liberal. Um, except for the accusatory questioning. Um, (laughs) Right. But they, it used to be a joke growing up. Melody's so gay. Yeah. Like, it was just, I don't know how much I struggled. Like, I wasn't also, I wasn't, like, coming out to everybody in high school. Like, I I did tell my friends because I felt like it was a lot of uh, lying and sneaking around at first. And they got suspicious because I went from, like, never, you know, hooking up with anyone or having these, like, not like kind of fake crushes to fit in whatever to all of a sudden like having a hickey on my neck and my friends being like, where the fuck (laughs) did that come from? Uh, And me being like, you know, in a, in an actual relationship that I was excited about. Um, And like, I couldn't hide that. So I'm like, well, I guess I have to tell people, but I don't want everyone to know, but in terms of, but like, but I accepted the gayness. So I think there's a difference between like coming out to people yes. and accepting the fact that that you're gay. And for me, it really was like once I had that first experience, I was like, there's nothing to do but accept this. Like this is so strong. Right. I can't I can't fight this as much as like it it's just the most natural feeling and makes the most sense. So um I'm I'm going to accept this and uh and embrace it because this is my normal. This is um actually like a big this is how how I love how I feel. So to not accept that would be going back to where I was before which was this like not being able to understand everyone around me, like not understanding love and crushes and um lust and any of those things because like i just wasn't interested in in men i don't know yeah i i don't know i had so many other factors and that i was a late bloomer i was just like not accepting myself as a sexual being for a very long time that played into it I think I keep going back and forth. I'm like, did I struggle? I don't know. Maybe I am struggling this whole time I've been struggling. And in five years, I'll be in a much better place. I don't know. (laughs) I just, the one thing I didn't accept when I didn't accept myself for being queer, I'll say, um, was when I, I had a few friends that I was like fully in love with and felt like, shame about that because I still love them as a friend but I was realizing I was like falling in love with these (laughs) friends and that's when I was like you're gross how could you have a sleepover with this person when you're fully in love so yeah I'm like wait a minute maybe I will accept (laughs) I don't know where I'm at I don't know and that's the bisexual plight (laughs) I mean, I I guess it's just like like what feels like the most natural and good for you, and it it if it's like, you know, if if you're bisexual or pansexual, if it's like having like 
all all your options open or just like being real about I don't know like being like yeah it's okay that like several things turn me on you know yeah right yeah more things turn me on than things that (laughs) (laughs) yeah pervert I'm coming (laughs) out officially as a pervert (laughs) um just don't call me slightly queer I will not call you or any, I will not call anybody slightly queer unless they self-identify as slightly queer. I'll say this. It's amazing that we came out this well-adjusted considering the toxic time we came of age. When oh, for sure. I know, it, I mean, all signs point to you hate yourself. Like we really, growing up in the 2000s, like coming of age then, yeah, where, like the uber the worst dyke. thing you could be was a lesbian. Yeah. So that, that was the insult. That was the thing that was like, um, you know, I had a friend that was like, oh, Carolyn um, hasn't, you know, made out with a boy yet. Um, like, if you don't get on that soon, you're going to be a lesbian. Yeah. Like that was the, the worst thing. I was um, called a lesbian countless times. Then I would feel shame. But like when yeah. I was at home <laughs> masturbating to women, I was I felt no shame about it. So it's like right. hard to answer the question when internally I felt fine. But like externally or to like society, I would feel weird about it, you know? Right, right. I mean, the Book of Mormon, <laughs> yeah, musical, the whole like the the end, like the thing that stops this like person. What what were they doing? Like raping children or whatever? Mm-hmm. And it was like, if you keep doing this, you'll come back in your next life as a lesbian. And it was like, nope, like that's the Record worst thing scratch. you could be. Record scratch. Like even in this like funny progressive in quotes uh musical the book of mormon uh the worst thing you could be is um is a lesbian but you know what i tried it and i'm like i think this is the best thing i could be i think this is really me living my best life um as as a lesbian and and have never looked back try it try it try it out are we grooming? I don't know. Is this grooming? <laughs> Am I a pervert? I'm kidding. Grooming? I'm kidding. <laughs> We're pervy groomers. All right. <laughs> we gotta go. It's, it's, it's getting yeah, weird. It's, it's getting if, weird. If you have a question for these two pervy groomers, <laughs> uh, send it to dykingout at gmail.com. Please send in your questions and uh, you can follow us on social media at dykingout. You can follow me at TGI Carolyn. You can follow this pervert at Melody Kamali. And perv out with us more on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash shaking out. See you pervs next Tuesday. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused, and you have no idea where this came from? No, she was sent here anonymously. Uh Uh-uh, not she... They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this. 
Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialized in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often? Every night.